This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Saturday, the 10th of September, 2022. This is episode 226. Right, normally, Damon, I like to you know start off the podcast with a bit, bit of banter or a funny joke or a bit or something. But as you are well aware, there's been a big tragedy in my country, uh, which anyone not living under a rock will be aware of uh, this this event. And, you know, I like a joke as much as the next person. I know, personally, I've been guilty of being irreverent in the face of uh, serious, often tragic events. As I said, this is one of them. So you all know what I'm talking about. We lost a, a, a beloved member of the royal family this week, someone who, you know, most of us have not met, but they've inspired us. They were a leader in difficult times. And their death this week uh, would have hit a lot of people hard, myself included. So... I would like to offer my condolences to the friends and family of the late, great Prince Kragas Dreha, a.k.a. Kragas Crabfeeder, the Prince Admiral from Mir, who was killed in this week's episode of House of the Dragon. Rest in peace, Prince Dreha. You will be missed. Uh, right, that's the serious shout out of the way. Who's ready to talk some pro wrestling? <laughs> you're, you're an animal. How dare you? Uh, is there nothing... <clears throat> like, I know you're not the biggest fan, and I know a lot of people aren't big fans, but I feel like more... Americans are fans than people living in England of uh, the pet, Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, you're not a you're not a fan of the Royals. I'm indifferent towards them. I've seen arguments why people despise them, and I'm you know totally sympathetic towards those. I just don't care that much to be honest. Right. I mean, my uh, I got turned off them permanently back in '97 after the death of Princess Diana. So I would have been. Well, about 10 years old at that time. And my d- defining memory of that was all the fun stuff, like the radio, TV, just being cancelled, basically, because everyone just went into complete meltdown. And uh, it looks like it's happening again. So yeah, uh, the, 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 the funniest thing, actually, is the way other people have responded to me. Like, I've had texts from people, not British people, saying, oh, you know, I'm really sorry this happened. Like, some of my students coming up to me the next day going, oh, Mr. Joel, we heard about the Queen. It's really sad. And I'm just staring at them with a blank face. Like, is it? <laughs> Why is it sad? <laughs> Why is the 96-year-old incredibly rich lady dying <laughs> right. supposed to be sad? And ask, they're, they're ask sort the, of scratching their heads. Right. Ask the Irish that same question. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, of course, I realize I'm on an island here because being in Thailand, uh, you know, when they lost their king a few years ago, that was a, a massive national tragedy. So... Um, I think people here are a bit bemused when I'm just like, I don't really care that much. I mean, if you do care, if you're devastated by it, then come on. What are you well, doing? I mean, listen, <laughs> but, it, but, but they don't really have any, it's like, it's not like she's like the queen, the queen, you know what I mean? Like with an, you know, she's rolling over the, the land. Um, I mean, they're pretty much figureheads, right? Yeah. She just like goes, and waves at people and opens supermarkets and stuff like that. What, <laughs> I want that what, job. Why am I, <laughs> I saw her once, actually. I think I was at a, a some sort of 
ballet or music show because my parents took me to stuff like that when I was younger. Did, didn't get take me to football. Didn't get to do any of the cool shit. And oh, come on to that. Um, let's get on to that now. Actually, that I, I tell you, that is the the thing that's pissed me off the most about this: the fact that the round of uh, Premier League fixtures this weekend was postponed, and that was a Premier League decision because they didn't trust the fans enough not to do anything silly like during the silence or whatever it is they was going to do. All the other sports, you know, followed by nice posh rich and middle class people, they're still going ahead. You know, the cricket, the rugby, no problems there. But the Premier League football, oh no, we don't trust those fucking animals not to Well, know, let's, all, right, all right, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. You guys don't have the best reputation in the world, right? All right, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, but there are, there, there aren't cricket hooligans, right? I just want to make sure. They sh- should totally make that. They, they, I can see that being a Netflix series, can you? Cricket hooligans. The uh, bastards on the green. <laughs> no. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I think I... So, I, I was watching, actually, BBC coverage of it. And one of the coolest things... I like. I would hope. Not, I mean, that's cool. I that, put that in air quotes. Um, is so they all like the newscasters and the 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 people that were on site reporting. They all changed their clothes to like dark funeral <laughs> funeral wear. I could. I was. Right. I couldn't believe it. That was. Never happened in the United States. Never. They're not changing anything. I was, I was, I was mesmerized by that. This is the thing. So I can compartmentalize being annoyed about the football, but I, that annoyance has gradually been replaced by this extremely funny situation where different sort of workplaces or public entities are trying to outdo each other with respect Olympics, right? Of stopping doing the most inane things, just to say, oh well, out of respect for the passing of a Majesty, we're going to stop doing this. Um, my favorite one is, you know, the, do you have the self-service checkouts yes. at the supermarkets? Yes. Right. So, uh, you know, as you scan your things to know whether or not it's registered, the scan, it goes beep. Sure. They turned off the beeps in the supermarket out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. This, I'm sure the queen's looking down so and being like, ah, oh, my people, they, they truly care. <laughs> they truly Yeah. So good, just imagine if they hadn't done that and it's just people, you know, scanning this, boop, boop. Oh, this is oh. a disgrace. Well, <laughs> she would be spinning in her grave right now. <laughs> exactly. That is, it is, you, 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 you will get into that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the world we live in where everyone tries to outdo themselves with that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, uh. Except the circles I run in where everyone's trying to outdo each other with the most offensive joke. Really? <laughs> I, I know. That's the one thing I hate about Twitter, though, is like people are just salivating for moments like that just so they can get out their fucking dumb joke. You know what I mean? And half of them aren't funny. It's just like, all right, we get it. Um, Do you ever see Naked Gun, the movie? Of course. Oh, right. Classic. Very good. You're a good man. Of course you would. Um, uh, You know, if, if I say the name Reggie Jackson, would you know who that is? Uh, Let me. Can I search it? Well, okay, sure. Um, he was in Naked Gun. He was a baseball okay, player. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, remember, they 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 programmed him to kill the queen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he tweeted out that thank God I, I can finally be <laughs> like uh, I forget the exact, but like <laughs> it can finally prove that I didn't do it or whatever. Or so, so, 
I thought that was pretty good from Reggie Jack. But he did send us condolences. But I know. But, but here's the thing, though. Uh, and again, we'll take your calls on Queencast in a moment. Uh, we'll get you involved, the listeners. Um, Queencast. Ugh. Um, it is your entire life, though, you've had this. So isn't there some some little bit of, ah, oh, there's a that's a little part, a tiny, it might be like a fuck, just because she was always there. Like, is, it, is, is there any of that? Nor no. Yeah, I mean, it's just little things like, I think Bash sent in the question saying, it's going to be strange having a king. How do you think King Charles is going to look on the banknotes and coins? Well, he won't fit because of his massive ears, Bash. That's, that's the problem <laughs> with uh, King Charles. But yeah, it's just little stuff like, I have quite a lot of Esther's books that feature the Queen. You know, there's Thomas the Tank Engine meets the Queen. Peppa Pig goes to see the Queen, uh, which I don't like in and of itself, you know, because it does sort of glorify the monarchy, which I'd rather not have those books. But now that they're there, uh, and of course, Esther, we, we, we visited Buckingham Palace. We didn't go inside, but we were outside and the flag was flying. So the Queen was actually in at the time. So it's a sort of an interesting historical tidbit rather than something that's going to affect my day-to-day life. Right, right. It's not going to affect your day-to-day life. But yeah, all right, all right. Listen, I uh, look. I'm an I'm <clears throat> I'm an American from afar, and I do have a little bit of a cold. Everyone, so I, I'm, I mean, I'm, my voice is a little, little hoarse. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it doesn't it, it doesn't impact me in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I understand people being upset, and I understand people be grieving, and I understand. Again, there are some people that weren't the biggest fans. Um, that's my uh, <laughs> that's my summing up of the situation. An old lady has passed. God, hey, no one. No, it's weird though. It's like your your national anthem changes, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. It will be God save the king now. But the only king that I bend the knee to is the king of pro wrestling, Shingo Takagi. Ah, nice. Nice. Him and his mullet, right? That's right. We've got plenty of interesting things to dig into. I mean, actually, we say that it won't affect us. We do have some questions about the passing of the Queen. So Spannerhead said, <laughs> book Diana versus Elizabeth at the Pearly Gates pay-per-view. Oh. <laughs> they did not like each other. Uh, Andrew says, should NJPW suspend Royal Quest in honour of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, or at least have a 10 count with, with Jay White holding a portrait of Her Royal <laughs> Highness? Uh, Henda Slam says, "Will we get a uh, Zack Saber Junior backstage promo about the Queen? Oh, Actually, fuck it. If we're still mourning, quote unquote, then could it affect plans for Royal Quest, even an event name change, or does Japan rightfully not give a fuck? Um, when is Royal Quest? Let me have a look at this. That's a great question. Uh, October first and October second. We should be fine by then. I think the the funeral, whatever that is, is it likely to be next weekend? I'm not sure, but I think." October will be all right. The, the the naming of that, I mean, do you think they have changed the names of events before? They changed Autumn Attack to Autumn Action, the one that was on September 11th. Yeah. They? <clears throat> yeah. So do you think they might change Royal Quest? I mean, you still have the Royals, right? It's not, that's not going away, is it? I mean, you have a king, yeah. you have, I mean, you have I a new I queen. Think, I don't think there's any need to change it, but. Oh, yeah, there's no need to change. Yeah, you're gonna. I was about to say you're gonna offend a bunch of wrestling fans, but you know, it's the world we live. Just make a really big political statement and call it Republican Quest. Yeah, yeah. Ah, what a world! What a time we live in. You know what I mean? Crystal Palace coup. Ooh, 
Cuckoo Kachoo. <laughs> That's what they should call it. Coup of pro wrestling. I've got, we need to workshop this. I yeah. To, I haven't planned ahead, so this is not a good bit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. No, they're not going to change the thing. They're not going to cancel it. I mean, you do, you know, you, you love the morn. That's for sure. You love to stretch out the morning. Uh, but no, they're not going to cancel that. They shouldn't cancel it. Let's put it that way. Like everything will be back to. You'll have your Premier League back. You'll have. Now, does cha- the Champions League shut down too? Uh, no, I just think that wouldn't be fair on all the, you know, the teams from foreign countries. Or, you know, it doesn't affect them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think. I, I, we've got a European fixture next Thursday. I think. I think that's likely to be going ahead. But you know, even so, just cancelling this round of games. I've seen posts from people who are like, you know, the guy who lives in Sweden. They said, oh, he bought his brother a ticket to the Arsenal game, planned flights, hotels. Oh. They were so excited about coming over, and now it's all fucked. It's just, it's always the the little people that get shat on with this kind of thing. I know, I know, I get it. Trust me, I get it, but. And they're hard tickets to get. They're not. You have to like join the fan club. And I tried. I remember one time, I was like, "This is a fucking zoo. I'm not doing this." Um. All right. So, what do you want to talk about today? Queen or pro? Hey, do you watch any of that? Uh, Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins. If I say those names, does that mean anything to you? I I used to like Foo Fighters. I don't know who Taylor Hawkins is. The drummer who died. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. That answers my question. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> nope. I guess you didn't. Wait, no. He died in March 25th. That was... Okay. I thought you meant he died recently. Again. What's, what's going yeah. on with Taylor Hawkins? Yeah, he resurrected. He's like, Jesus Christ. He came oh, back. Oh, great. <laughs> the drum. Good uh, for him. He, I love when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Now, tell me what. Has he sort of come back as a sort of angelic figure or a kind of evil zombie revenant? Oh, he would be angelic. Yeah, he would be angelic, I'm sure. Um, he, they had the concert, the big concert. You didn't see any of it. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. You didn't see any of it, did you? Yeah. <laughs> You're asking me if I watched a moral concert. concert for a person that I don't know for a band that you <laughs> you assumed I didn't know either. It just happens that I do, but... Oh. No, I, I didn't. I, don't, I watched uh, Anaconda. It's an underrated film. I had a, a, a great time watching Anaconda with the old uh, Jennifer Lopez in it. Good film. And the snake. You seen it? Yeah. Uh, no. John Voight chewing up the scenery. It's really fun. Really? Ice Cube's in it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Owen Wilson, one of his earlier roles. <laughs> the great Owen Wilson? <laughs> yeah. What's the best Owen Wilson movie? Owen, what is the best Owen Wilson movie? He's been in loads of... Okay. Movies that yeah, that are good. To watch. <laughs> really? <laughs> Name one. Uh, I'm scrolling through them. <laughs> yeah, none of them were good. Uh, yeah, you got me there. Thank you very much. No, he he. No, only Anaconda is the best one. Really? Okay. Imagine that's the life. Being an actor who's in all all kinds of movies. None of them are good. Isn't that great? Yeah, they're all bad. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. I've looked through the whole catalogue, and they're all. Right. He he peaked. He peaked in nineteen ninety seven with the the big steak movie. The big steak movie. That was a snake movie. I thought he said steak. I was like, he's eating like beef. I don't know what. He... 
I'm not familiar Cold with that Wilson film. stars in the Big Steak movie. Yeah, that's a classic, David. <laughs> Cleaned up at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, look. Enough, enough goofing around. Enough of this hijinks. We wasted 15 minutes. Want to do serious we- talk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? How, how about this, David? Yeah. Do you remember when people wanted CM Punk in the grade one climax? Yeah, I do. And guess what? I kind of still do. <laughs> I kind of still do. Um, he, he wouldn't make it through one of the multi-man preview tag matches without getting some sort of injury that would put him on the shelf. For I six know, months. that's true, too. He's, he does seem like he's made a paper mache at this point. But, and then he, he'd get annoyed at something Taguchi said about him in the backstage comments. <laughs> <laughs> this, this motherfucker said that he's going to beat me with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Start to brawl on the back. Take what it time. really personally. Yeah. Speaking of time to live in, what a fucking that whole scenario was uh bordering on comical, right? <laughs> I mean, but it is, but here's the thing though. One, all right, let me well, let's do this first. Wait, what, what was your favorite bit? My favorite bit was hearing the rumor that the young buck super kicked the door down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm imagining them shouting "Super Kick Party!" Smash. <laughs> My favorite bit is picturing a a woman with a broken foot hobbling around trying to protect a dog. <laughs> That's what I, I thought that was. Or, or Tomohiro Ishii backstage seeing it all go down. <laughs> right, like what the fuck? Slowly closing the door of his dressing room, <laughs> locking it. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's. Are you are you team executive vice presidents? Or Team CM Punk? You know the old uh, the fable of the scorpion and the frog? Uh, refresh my memory. So uh, there's a frog swimming in the river and scorpion on one bank and he says to the frog, hey, can you help me cross the river? And then the frog says, but you're a scorpion. You, you're going to sting me. And the scorpion says, no, I'm not going to do that. Why would I sting you? If I, if I sting you, we're both going to drown. And the frog says, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good point. So the scorpion gets on the frog's back. They're swimming halfway across the river, then the scorpion stings the frog. So the frog's going down. He's like, oh, you stung me. Now I'm dying. We're both going to drown. Why did you do that? And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. Right. right. It's in its nature. Right. CM Punk, he is the, the proverbial scorpion. He was always going to do this. Everyone knew he was going to do it. Tony Khan must have known he was going to do it, and he just sat there and let it happen. So it's... I would say a failure of management. Yes, I would. I would absolutely agree. <clears throat> and I'll go so far as to say this: you look. We have talked about the executive vice presidents many times, and in every stop that they have been, there's always been this sense of. Uh, divaness, right? A little divaness. And then you add a person whose history has shown that he is certainly not afraid to, whether right or wrong, not afraid to express his thoughts sans filter. And you get those two things. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's combustible. 
I'm it kind of worse, embarrassed. It feels like this is this is not a question of something that just popped into his head and came up without the filter. If the the Phil Brooks, and no, I was trying to workshop Phil because his name's Phil, didn't work. About Dan, cut that bit out. But this, this was not something that felt off the cuff. It felt premeditated, like he'd been sort of nursing that for weeks, been practicing it in the shower, and it was just like he knew he was hurt after that match. He knew he was going to have to probably give up the belt and be out of action for another six months. So he thought, fuck it, he's just going to take everyone down with him. So again, this is not something that he's just like, oh, he's putting his foot in his mouth again. He he did it on purpose. Yes, I mean, he brought it up, but it's, it was a thing that fucking he thought was wrong. Um, you know, here's the thing, like, even like the, the Colt Cabana stuff, like, even how that started out, that whole presser, like, he brought everything up. Like, he, he just jumped in on the him and Cabana and all that fucking drama and the fact that he has to sit up there and talk about the, you're talking about it. nobody else is talking about it no one i mean at at here's the thing the internet is very fickle i don't know if you know this and their attention is uh like a gnat like they don't they'll move on to the next thing just it, it people are going to i don't know he is a very defensive guy, isn't he? Doesn't he feel like he's just like, he can say things about anybody he wants, but if somebody says something about him, it's the fucking, the, the skies yeah, he are will, he will He will nurse grudges for years and years yes. and years if he feels that he's been slighted in some way, real or imagined, and he will just burn everyone else and himself down to the ground just to prove that he was right long past the point where anyone really cares. Like the, the definition of a period victory would be like, I was right. Just as the whole world is crumbling to ashes around him. Right. It's, I mean, look, he's, he's a guy that has definitely helped AEW business. No fucking doubt about it. Right. I don't think anybody would dispute that. And I would go so far as to say he had minus injuries, a, a decent run with, a lot of different people that, you know, like he's had a good year if we're talking about pro wrestling wise. But yeah, he, I mean, he, I mean, he still has a grudge with the family members that, that having a backyard wrestling promotion, you know, yeah, okay, great. He, the brother took some money that he probably shouldn't have. And okay, but he still hasn't given up that. Yeah, he does like to carry a grudge. He really does. And <laughs> I think the funniest thing is Tony Khan, actually. Like, Tony Khan just staring there, bug-eyed, just letting it happen. Like, I, do, and do you think he should have been like, fact, uh, Phil, Phil, st- shut up. Shut, f- cut the mic. Cut his right, mic. <laughs> right. Or just tap him on the shoulder and be like, dude, come on. Just, you know, give him a little, come on. We'll, we'll take care of this later. Yeah, I don't know. It just. Uh, whatever, and he, I, and I'll go so far as to say, the idea of having a press conference after a pro wrestling event is preposterous to me. It is preposterous. Why, in God's name, do we need to have a like? And it's they're not even like in character to to. It's not even you can't even use this to like extend story. I, it's just why would you? Ha- why would you have a a shoot 
press conference after an event like that. It just makes no sense. The, the model for doing post-match press conferences successfully is there. It's how New Japan does them, where everyone's in character. Yes. Yes. Like, you, like the idea of turning off the switch, and now we're going to talk to, and I put in air quotes, the media, um, is, like, why? Like, what, what, what is the point of that? Like, if Tony Khan wants to get out there and talk about numbers and figures and gates and shit like that, okay, I, I, I can see that. But to bring out, I don't know, you know, Punk or Jericho or whoever and talk about yeah, finishes. I mean, yeah. In retrospect, Punk shouldn't have been allowed anywhere near an event like that. No. Right. Hindsight 2020. It was very funny, so I'm glad that right. they did. And hey, maybe we might get the Young Bucks in World Tag League. If they quit and they're like, fuck it, we don't want to be here anymore, then we'll take it back. You know, here you go. Wrestle you, drone evil. Have fun. Right. But here's the thing, too. Like, okay. There is a there is a a a a precedent that has been set. I mean, a guy like Cody and his wife saying, you know, I've had enough. I'm I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there there is an idea of that company being very clicky, and if you don't fall into the 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 click, the the modern day click, you, you ain't getting shit. Like there is that feeling. Um, but, I mean, this comes with the territory for pro wrestling companies. You, you're yes. always going to get people who are dissatisfied for whatever reason. Look, it's happened in New Japan. You don't have to look far back at Carl Fredericks, uh, Kota Ibushi. But again, the key difference is they were not given a live mic in a press conference to just say whatever the fuck they wanted. So right, that's it. That's it. Like Tony Khan treating it like a sport, I appreciate. But you, that's you. Can't, that's just silly. And especially again, giving a guy that platform after wrestling twenty minutes or thirty minutes or however, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was just fucking comical. But well, how does that? Tying to New Japan Pro Wrestling, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it does. No. Well, people ask that. Boo says, if your best friends got into a fight and the dog was in the room, would you throw hands with your best friends or save the dog? Uh, Classic Catch says, is Kikuchi now screwing with AEW to get back at Ibushi by hurting his fateful tag team partner, Kenny Omega? Uh, Gig says, have either of you ever bitten someone during a fight? And Base Collector says, what are the odds we ever hear Tomohiro Ishii's version of the backstage melee in Chicago over the weekend? So I think a, a lot of New Japans were just sort of Pointing and laughing, uh, which you know, AEW they, they've had all the fun stuff over the last two years. So let us have this little drama, little drama for them. Um, I don't think this, this this impacts anything that we care about. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, uh, I, I don't think we're getting that Punk Tanahashi match anytime soon. Uh, no, no. I mean, but that here's the thing, though. That's that's an injury. You know I mean, that's that's him being. You know, was that tricep or some shit? Um, but yeah, I think he's done with pro wrestling. I don't think he's coming back. I think I think this is it. Like I like I could just see him being like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'll just I'll just get my surgery, rehab, and sit in my house and fucking listen to fucking Minor Threat albums or something. I don't know. No, no, he's, he's going to have a grudge about this, isn't he? I don't, I'm not sure he'll be back for AW, but I mean, if I had to... Where's he going to go? Put this Super J-Cast gun to my head, you go back to WWE. No way. 
Yeah, because no. I'll be pissed off with AW and I want to show them and be like, you fuckers, I'll, I'll no. show you and we'll go over there and do <laughs> shoot pro, we'll do another pipe bomb sitting cross legged saying, these fucking young bucks, what a, what a bunch of pricks they are. No, I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll bet a hundred American dollars that he will not step a foot in, in uh, Triple H land. No fucking way. Okay. We, 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 let, okay. All right. No, I'm not going to take that bet because I, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One, one American dollar that we keep exchanging back and forth. Yeah, we've made so many bets over the years. I don't think either of us have cashed that or no, any of them. No, I'm not PayPaling you a dollar. Oh dear. Right. Well, uh, we spoke about tag league. Have you seen the news about the World Tag League and the Super Junior Tag League, Damon? They're going to be running concurrently as I scroll through the New Japan News website to find uh, the specifics on this. Uh, But the gist of it is that World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League are going to basically run at the same tour. There's not going to be like necessarily alternating. You know how they sort of jumbled them up before with World Tag League and Best of the Super Junior. So it will be that, but with the two tag leagues. Okay. So I hope you like tag matches. <laughs> yeah. uh, I tell you what, I am excited for. I, I'll watch them. I don't. I can't say commit to watching the both tours in their entirety, both tournaments. But maybe a good chance to bring back some of the wonderful guest hosts that we had last year. Mm. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> we can take a little so vacation. Once we get the schedules, yeah, we'll, we'll take our little Christmas vacation, and then people can bid for uh, which shows I don't know we don't want people just doing a podcast about one world tag league show that <laughs> seems a bit mean but uh, we'll work something out yeah so I would definitely love to hear some, some of the people who filled in for us last year coming back that'll be wonderful some new people as well yeah I say we extend yep. it I say we extend it to two months <laughs> <laughs> just guests taking care of world tag ah oh, I forgot all about that we did that last year that's true you know, I could use a break. I'm not going to lie. T- All right. So get get in. Hit up Joel. We're doing it. We're doing it again. The second annual Damon and Joel holiday. Uh, and you guys take over. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Michael says, can't wait to hear Joel and Damon's weekly coverage of World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League this yeah. fall. <laughs> On a scale of dangerous techers to Chase and Farley, how pumped are we for double Tag League excitement this year? Uh, Jordan says, I'll make a tweet mentioning some tag teams from other promotions I'd like to see in World Tag League this Go year. Ahead. What teams from what companies would you guys like to see compete in World Tag League this year? Uh, Louis says, will this be the first Tag League tournament you guys will actually be excited to watch? I'm excited to see some of the fresh teams. I would like to see uh, the a TMDK tag team, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols. I'd like to see West Coast Wrecking Crew. Aussie Open. Aussie Open. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, FTR. Would be good to get some. Yeah. Well, that I was going to ask you. That will be the one I would love to have them in, and they're the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Champs at the moment. I mean, that may change, but I think the, them holding the belts. We, just, you can never tell because if AEW are riddled with injuries, and Tony Khan might want to keep them around for TV, but. If I'm going to be optimistic, it would it would be lovely to have FTR in the World Tag League. If I'm going to say percentage chance of it happening, I'd say probably 50-50 at this point. I'm not going to be holding my breath for it, but uh, how about you? I think I'm going to say they're in. Um, I don't think they're a, a needle mover in the sense that Tony Khan can't have a fucking show without them. Um, 
in the same breath, I like it when they're on. Um, I think they're in. I mean, they're holding the fucking straps now. And again, you're right. They could, they could, they could drop them easily, but I would say they're in. I'm, I'm going with an in. I think, I, I think what I'm more, more excited about, I'll be more excited for it when they make announcements of the teams that are in. Right. And if there's some juicy shit, and I know I'm going to always, I'm pretty much always disappointed when it comes to that. Like I always overshoot. So I'm not going to give a fuck until I'm like, I'm not going to set my, I'm not going to, it's not going to break my heart this time. Uh, but if they come up with some de- decent teams, and a lot of those are the names that we mentioned, and I think a lot of the names that we mentioned have a good chance of being in then I'll be more excited. Definitely. Um, and even from a junior side too, you know, so there will be fresh faces. There will be, uh, interesting matchups. So let, let's, I just want to wait until the, the, the names are announced. And then uh, I think I'll be a little bit more juiced up. Okay. Next on the docket, we have new Japan launching a new Tamashi brand with mm. the best of Japan and Australasia. So, Christchurch, Sydney, you're going to see Kenta Ishimori at the best of the New Zealand Dojo and beyond this November. So they are returning to Australia and New Zealand on Friday, 11th of November. There's a show in Christchurch and in sun, sun, Sunday, 13th of November, they've got a show in Sydney. And this is also going to be in conjunction with a new brand that's going to see the best of New Japan in Japan compete with the cream of New Japan's New Zealand Dojo, as well as the best talents from Australasia. So basically, it sounds like the sort of Australasian version of Strong which is quite exciting. You know, we've seen the documentary from the Farley Dojo. I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys are up to. And yeah, we see little glimpses of the Australian scene, you know, the shows that we see Robbie Eagles wrestling on. There's a lot of great talent there, which maybe doesn't get the spotlight that it deserves. So uh, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, a bit of talent spotting. And I'm sure they can hoover up some bright young stars from over there. Um, so we have a question. So Josh from We Work Stiff, says, with the announcement of Tamashi, has New Japan adopted the local globalization NXT speak? And where in the hierarchy of importance do you think it stands in New Japan? That's kind of like what I was thinking when I when I first heard the announcement. So, um, I know you said you were excited for it. And I, again, I am as well. As well. I, I don't want to, f- I feel like I'm a, I'm a wet blanket today, but like, Honestly, the first thing I thought of besides the global domination angle is, um, oh, there's another thing I got to fucking carve out the wall. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it feels like New Japan is everywhere. Uh, there's little bits and pieces of it just just all over the fucking place, and it's like, I it's, it's very well, hard let's to delegate. Keep Dave. We should do more delegate. Let's let's get an Australasian correspondent then. You want to do that? Yeah, I, we can do that. We can set up our own voices of of wrestling network, you know, the the New Japan Pro Wrestling Network, and we'll have different course. That's a good idea. All right, we need somebody down in Australia. We're getting our stardom correspondent, uh, Welky, from our Discord. I think will be a wonderful stardom correspondent. So he's on board. He's agreed to that. And yeah, we're putting the call out, Australasian correspondent, please. What's his name, Welky? Yeah, he's uh, from... Czech Republic. He is that right? met him at. Uh, oh yes, yes. He, he gave me some delicious homemade chili chutneys. Yes. Chili okay. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Nice. I'm. I'm down. Good job. Yes. Perfect. That's gonna be fun. Great. We're, we're expanding. We are. You're not getting paid, but you. 
Well, don't give me any money. Uh, I, I, really? If what in, from the <laughs> the meager amount that we rake in from the I was about to say donations and the advertising. Oh, it's wait, not going to be much. It's just now we're splitting it five ways. Table, Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, no, forget I said that. Dan, edit this bit out as well, because that, that's <laughs> yeah, going to eat into your, your piece of the pie as well, Dan. <laughs> Come on. There was no meeting. There was no there was no backstage meeting on this. No, they don't deserve The publicity, just the pat on the back. Yes. From, yes. That, that's, that's all you're getting. Well, you know, that's that's worth what a lot. What a heel turn that was from me. <laughs> Record time. <laughs> what, do think, what do you think I got from it? Uh, all right. Yes, that's a good idea. So we'll have a, a Australia correspondent. We'll have stardom. I tell you, we're like a, we're like a we're growing by leaps and bounds. <sighs> All right, let's go on to Antonio. He says, ah. uh, "Do when are we going to get New Japan UK proper? Not just stuff with RevPro like WWE did stuff with Progress and ICW plus NXT UK in a destructive way, not a healthy way." So. We have those brands. When are we going to get in New Japan UK brands? I think. Wh- why would you? Why? Yeah. Not stick with it. I think RevPro is absolutely fine. Having Rev, like RevPro is basically strong UK at the moment, isn't it? Right, so, and they don't have to worry about the costs. Right, they've got their own production staff. They, you know, do their own talent scouting and everything. They've got their own bookers, and I think they do a pretty fine job over at RevPro. So. No, I don't think there is a need or a likelihood of New Japan UK popping up anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the relationship is solid. Um, there's, from a financial perspective, there's no reason to. Um, from a talent relations, there's no reason to. No, I mean, they, I mean, they would be competition for Rev Pro at that point. And I don't think anybody wants that. So, nope, I don't see that happen. Okay, next piece of news is about Oleg Bolton, the guy who I've been very excited about. So he's joining the New Japan Dojo after the World Championship. Are you familiar with Oleg Bolton? No, I'm sorry. This is a name that I am not familiar with. Please explain. Okay, so he is a gold medalist freestyle wrestler from Kazakhstan. And he is due to be joining up with New Japan after the World Championship. So he is... 188 centimeters tall, 125 kilograms. He's made a name for himself on the amateur circuit. So personally, very, very excited to see him getting in the ring. Uh, But Andrew's question is, is this a case where Kidani's idea of accelerating the development of Young Lions should be applied? I enjoy watching the Young Lions develop and go away and come back with a gimmick. But when you've got a guy like Bolton, does he need to spend two years of his career losing to Tom Waki Hodma and Tiger Mask and then another year or two in Refro or Strong? Hmm. Well, there is a, a certain curve that we have to take into consideration of training to be a pro wrestler. And it really depends upon how quickly he picks that up. Um, if it's quick, if he turns into like fucking Kurt Angle and he just picks it up like it's, you know, super easy. Yeah, that that, that could that could be very quick, that process. Um, again, it is New Japan. Again, they are set in their ways. Again, we this is a complaint that we've had for many years. Um, could they hot shot at him and just get him through? Yeah, they could. Will they? History is not on our side with that when it comes to that. Um, but 
again, if he turns into a Kurt Angle, if he turns into a, 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 a Hiroshi Hase, if he turns into you know somebody who just picks it up quickly and and is good at it, uh, I mean, well, I, I'm sure they'll they'll step on the gas a little bit, but that all depends on how he makes out. And last thing I wanted to mention was this Hiromu documentary called Red-Headed Revival on New Japan World. I think it's free, actually, even if you're not a subscriber. So it's about Hiromu's return. It's just over an hour long. And yeah, it's a really fun watch. Basically, my takeaway from it was how lucky he was not to have damaged his spinal cord. Like how the fuck he managed to finish that match with a broken cervical vertebrae is just insane to me. And just seeing like the intense neck training he was going through, like lifting up 30 kilogram weights with his neck, and it, yeah, it's very inspiring, sort of his optimism and his hope to get back to where he was. He's got this nice friendship with a musician who suffered a similar injury and it sort of goes through his journey and, and coming back. So it's been a long time coming. Um, I think that one has been on World without subtitles for like nearly two years. So it's taken them long enough to actually get it subtitled. But it just, it ends at this, the, you know, the tantalizing moment, you know, comes back. He has that great match with Ryu Lee where they chop the hell out of each other at New Beginning. And then he comes out at the end to challenge Naito and it's got the Naito Hiromu match up for the anniversary and before the whole world went to shit. So <laughs> yeah. it did left me think, thinking like, oh, it's like feeling a sense of loss rather than the hope and optimism. Because most of us were watching, oh, thank God Hiromu's all right. What an inspiring message. You know, he came back and the enduring human spirit. But then at the end, I was just like, fuck, we never got Hiromu Naito. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and, and Ryu Lee's can't be found with a search party. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just amazing how everything went to shit shortly after. That's a good point. Like watching that has to be like, what could have been? Like what what could have been? Hmm. It, it's, do you think could could still be? I mean, well, they've got to go back to it at some point, surely. I, I'm not going to say it's too late. It's not too late. They could. They absolutely could. It just doesn't feel as like if they did it then. Like, do do you remember the 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 the, the anticipation for that and the like? People were really jonesing for that. People were really really wanted that, uh, and I think people still want it, but maybe not as not as passionately, you know, as they did back then. It's got to happen organically, doesn't it? Like the fact it just everything lined up perfectly with both of them being title holders at that time. But I can't see an immediate path back for Naito, at least, to be champion around the time of an anniversary show. If it is going to be the heavyweight champion versus junior champion anniversary thing they're doing, you know, maybe we get it in other circumstances. But it just, it felt very organic at the time. And that was part of the excitement for it, I think. Do you feel that Hiromu has cooled off considerably yeah because he doesn't really have anything interesting narratively to do i mean he's won everything he's the ace of the division what 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 is there to get invested in his big generational rival really is gone uh it's kind of replacing with despy but you know they've had incredible matches i don't know how much of their story is left to be told he needs something new Either a new rival or Kushida. Just, it needs freshening up, doesn't it? Oh, God. Yeah, save me. I'm going to talk about Kushida later. Okay, good. No, good. He's he's not the answer. 
He could be. He absolutely could be. But okay, we'll get there. Not not in his current form. But no, we'll correct. stick a pin in that for now. Correct. Correct. And I'll go so far as to say this. I don't give a flying fuck about Kushida. Like, like I feel like this when we do our year end awards, I'm telling you flat out, that might be my number one disappointment of the year. Straight up. I just, just I I don't know. I I'm uh, that is that is flat as a pancake to me. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Spannerhead says, Joel, can you have Damon guess how much front row tickets for Muto's retirement show are? Ooh. Where's it being held? Budokan? I don't know. Tokyo Dome. Really? Mm. Wait, I, 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 did, I didn't know this. So he's having his retirement show at the Tokyo Dome? Correct. So it looks like uh, February 21st. Keiji Muto final countdown series. Keiji Muto grand final pro wrestling last love holdouts. Uh, it's a, a Noah show. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they'll bring in a lot of guests and a lot of. Hmm. All right. So I got to guess. I will say f- ringside seats. Correct. Uh, I'll say the equivalent of $500 US. You have completely lowballed and disrespected Muto San here. So (laughs) the VIP seats, 500,000 yen, which uh, roughly three and a half thousand US dollars. Three. Thousand dollars. Wow. Whew. Huh. No. <laughs> that's that's a that's a you that's saw a, them for me. They're sold out. <laughs> what? VIP seats sold out. Royal seats, hundred thousand yen. They're sold out as well. So he saw them coming. Wow. Good for him. That's a that's a that's a price right there. Did they announce who he's wrestling? Okay, so we're so so we had. There must be some fans. There must be some big fans because you're going to go. Uh, whatever. No, yeah, I, I, he's probably bored. They're probably Kato Kiyomiya just to make sure he actually does fucking retire. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pro- wow. Balls on that guy. When you can see him literally every week. <laughs> For like twenty five bucks at Cork and Hall, and you'll have better seats. <laughs> uh, all right, look, God bless him. God bless him. I, I would never. I'd not. No, no, I would not pay that. Now, again, the, the show might be great. They might bring in a lot of different peoples, spanning his entire career. Who knows who's going to be that last match? So it's a show I'm not going to miss, but I will be uh, in the comforts of my couch watching that one. Let's move on to discuss Burning Spirit, Monday, September 5th, from Korakun Hall. So oh, yeah. the long-awaited first show back with cheering fans allowed, half capacity with the distance seating. Now, last time we talked on the podcast, Damon, you were not very optimistic about this show. 
from a from a card perspective, from a like on paper perspective, yeah, I I thought it was they could have done much better, and and the fans deserved much better on paper. Yes. So Spannerhead says, Joel, are you taking the biggest victory lap in podcast history after how special the cheering Coracum was? I mean, I was right. The show was fucking great, wasn't it? The show was fantastic. That's not the point. The point is, is, is. Oh, here he goes backtracking. I'm not backtracking at all. <laughs> I am, I am steadfast in my, in my opinion here. But that, that scraping sound you can hear, listeners, is Damon moving the goalposts as we I, speak. This, I am not moving shit. I am saying that those fans there, the, the, the cheering aspect is what made that show. If that were an empty arena show, would that be a good show, Joel? No, but that's part okay. of the appeal, wasn't it? That, that they fed off the the fans, fed off the occasion, and the wrestlers fed off the fans, and it was that sort of cycle. Yes, of that whole energy being lifted. Uh, uh, no doubt whatsoever, and nobody thought that that wasn't going to be the case. Those people would have cheered if fucking Taguchi pulled down his pants and shit in a the ring. They they would have fucking stood cheered. My so point- do you still think that putting on this card was a mistake? No, again, too- not a mistake. Like the, like to have the actual show, but that show had like what nothing. These fans have suffered for two and a half fucking years. Two and a half fucking years. What was the, what was the memorable match on that show, Joel? I would say memorable moments more than matches, but I think. Had you, so, I mean, the I, alternative being that what you run a big venue and put on a no, big show. No, you give them something sexy, something meaty, something with substance. Well, for you don't seven hundred tickets. What's that? For seven hundred sold tickets. You you mean to tell me you can't do a U.S. title defense? You can't do a fucking. I don't know. I would even be happy with the fucking never titles being up on the line. Um, you can't do. I don't know. It was just like it, this was but just. What? It would just be leaving money on the table. Like they, they what do you mean save money on the for, table. When, it's it's we're, we're, it's it's, it's seven hundred people. It's, it's a second regardless. It's a, you're not, I'm not saying you give them a world title match. I'm not saying you you uh, you know. One of your fucking secondary titles, you mean to tell me you can't have a singles match or, I don't know, something? Something? There's nothing that well, they no, gave they, them they, special. They, I'm the, worried the about the fans. Obviously wanted to, the company obviously felt that they needed to save those title matches. Like, oh. We have this, this Kobe World Hall show coming up September 25th, and that is where they've put them all. So we got the... Junior heavyweight tag titles, the never open weight title, and the US title. So they felt they wanted to save it for those to try to sell more tickets. And, and this is whether or not you agree with it. This is New Japan in 2022. They have to do what they do, what they can to spread themselves thinly to maximize revenue. So they obviously felt that putting a big draw or a title match for this show, which was going to sell out anyway with only 700 people, was pointless. Okay. I think they were right. From a strictly business decision, they were right. Okay, from a strictly business decision, sure, fine. But from a, I appreciate you guys sticking it with us for fucking two and a half years, and welcome back. Here's a little bone we're going to throw you. 
that would have been nice, wasn't it? I think the it was business as like usual. The, that little moment at the end, you know, Tanahashi Okada together. I think that was a great moment. I thought the show was great. I thought everyone put in a lot of effort. So I think if you had put on a title match, then it would have that the you know appeal and excitement of having a title match would have been drowned out by the excitement of just having cheering. I think I think they made the right call. We'll have to agree to differ on that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I again. To be very clear, did I think the show turned out to be very good? Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought everybody had their working shoes on. I love the emotion in the building. I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I, I, with a thumbs up on the show itself. Yes, I just wish that those fans, first cheering shows, got a little something special, a little something extra. Just f- as a thank you for doing that. But okay, that they didn't. So what were your general thoughts on having cheering back? Because they've announced more shows with cheering. Obviously, it was a success. This was sort of them dipping their toes in the water to see if there was an appetite for it. And I think there is, uh, obviously, because we're going to have a handful of more cheering shows announced throughout the year. But how did it feel for you just tuning into a New Japan Pro Wrestling show, Corakon Hall, there's chanting, there's singing, there's noise. How was that for you emotionally? Uh, look, we've been through a lot <laughs> when it comes to watching this product under very trying circumstances. Uh, it was, if 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 anything, if anybody had any doubts of the importance of crowd noise in a pro wrestling event. Uh, there is your, there is your proof. It was great. Like it was like, I felt good for everyone involved. I felt good for everyone there. I felt good for everybody watching at home. I felt good just knowing that we, hopefully fingers crossed, knock on wood, that we're we're done with maybe the most trying time in this company's history. Uh, the noise, the sing-alongs, the the chanting, hearing people's names, uh, and you know, even though that building, just for for you know health reasons, wasn't every seat wasn't taken, they still made noise the equivalent of every seat taken, like. Everyone that was there had their voice, um, raring to go. So it was good, man. It was it was a little bit weird, like finally hearing it. But it was so it was like a it was like a cold shower on a hot summer day. It was refreshing. I I will say this though, I felt bad in certain c- cases. Like that's a show Kevin Kelly should have been at. I really, I, I, I mean, listen, whatever, you know, logistics didn't make that happen. Like, here's a guy that, that, I don't know. I just felt like, like he, if anybody is deserving of a little, little, a little, you know, to hear those voices again, it, it might be him. But oh well, can't win them all. 
I watched it both live at the time in Japanese and I watched the replay of it with Kevin's commentary. He, he did make me laugh when he was talking about the spaced out seating and he said something along the lines of the virus is kind and knows not to go past the empty seats. So <laughs> spat my coffee out when I heard that because uh, you know, I think we're all sort of fed up with these uh, restrictions at this point. So we feel you. Um, but let's get into the matches themselves. So we open up with Minoru Suzuki defeating Bad Tito, eight minutes, 44 seconds with a gotch style power driver. And I mean, this, you know, you, you might hand wave it as well. It's just the opening match uh, at row two shirt at Korakuen. I still think this is a big spot. And for them to give it to a guy like Badu Tito shows already the, the faith and the credibility that he's built up with the office. And he's just, I, I love him. I think he's great. He's like a real throwback. He just feels like a, a throwback to the sort of late 80s WWF era of just, you know, sort of coked up promos of the guys just like screaming at the camera backstage and I think he's really really good I'm not saying he's going to go on to be world champion or anything but really nice addition to the roster and again I think they've given this match to him speaks volumes about you know how high they are in him at the moment and uh Minoru Suzuki had a really nice sort of almost baby faces promo backstage at the end when he's talking about you know getting fans back and the power of pro wrestling that pro wrestling is for everyone uh so this might just sneak in. So, you know when I do my sort of match of the year top 10, and your number 10 one is always that vanity pick, where it's a pick that on its own merit might not make a normal person's top 10, but just that little one that's got a special place in your heart. This one may sneak in from my vanity spot because just the, the moment and the occasion of having the cheering back and everyone singing Kaze Nina Ray and all of that, it was a very, very memorable match for me. Wow, okay, yeah. I mean, it was in, in the sense of First one back cheering. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see it. Um, uh, aside from doing, you know, uh, being a guy that they're comfortable losing, why do you think they gave him that spot, Belakita? Like, why do you think do you think they're high on him in the sense of okay, let's see what you have in a in a in a spot like that, or do you just think that? You know, okay, you can handle yourself. You're, you're, you know, you're fine in the ring. You're, but you're going to lose, and we just need somebody to do that. I'm not really sure myself. I mean, maybe a little of column A, a little of column B. I think he is a good wrestler. So, again, I'm thinking, why did they pick him and not just the young lion? Right, right. So, I mean, you, you would if 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 you're reading into it like we try to do with everything <laughs> you would think that they were, they are high on them. Right. Like again, what, what yeah, was the... like, they could, they could, anyone said they could have put Oiwa in there. They could have put uh Fujita, but they didn't, they picked bad Tito. Right. Right. And I, I think that's, I, I don't, you know, maybe, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's significant. I, I, I do. I do. I mean, on paper, it may not seem like it, but you're right. They could have, any one of those young lions could have, could have filled that role and they chose him. I just, but I'd like that stood out to me, right? So the second match was Yano, Yo, Yoshihashi, Goto defeating Dick Togo, Show, Yujiro, and Evil. Nine minutes, 15 seconds. So the Yano booze. and Dick Togo with a score. I know, right? So this is my main takeaway from this. The heat that the House of Torture got. And, the, you know, I don't think this is a case where they were just going to cheer and boo for everyone because you compare it with acts that came out later. Like Chase Owens, when he came out, just light applause mm -hmm. you know they were not going to give this reception to everyone they were 
booing their heads off yeah. for House of Torture, which really kind of gave all of them, particularly show this kind of manic energy that just lifted things up a notch for me. So can we take that booing as a sign that House of Torture is good and is serving its purpose and is over with the Japanese fans and that everyone who criticised it is going to have to eat crow here? No. Unfortunately, I cannot give you that. But what I can give you is everything up until uh, the fact of... Look, people were upset with House of Torture because of the place that they were. They absolutely fill a void and they fill a role and it works. Proof, in again, kids giving the thumbs down, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the booing. Um, yes. I, I mean, you, you, I don't think we would have half the complaints about the house of torture. If a, they, they, they are in the second match, you know, multi-man tag match. Uh, and B like, it really works when you need, when you have people booing and cheering like that. So, um, I don't know if, if I'm going to say I, good, but I'm going to say, does their job well? How about that? Yeah, I think they found the sweet spot here. And I'm not saying to you listeners at home that you now have to like House of Torture and acknowledge that they're good. If you still hate them and they have go away heat with you, I mean, that's fine. You, you like what you like. But I think you have to acknowledge, based on this small piece of evidence that we have, that it's popular with the, the Japanese home fans. And I'll tell you what, Damon, I will die on this hill that... Had we had proper cheering crowds for the Summer of Evil in 2020, that would be looked on much, much more favourably. Because I think that would have had absolutely nuclear heat, which would have made up for the substandard wrestling. I think you're right. Yes, I would agree with that. I think their their shtick is, you know, it needs the booze. And without it, it, it just comes off as, uh, but yes. Yeah, if if and, if and on the flip side, yeah, sorry. No, good, good. Well, I was going to say the 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 reception for certain babyface acts as well. Like in this match, Yo got a lot of cheers. Uh, people responding to Yano's shtick that he does, and it just made me realize, like you've just said, Damon, the clap restriction just killed certain acts. Was absolutely dead. So I think this match is the case in point to illustrate both sides of that, both of the faces and the heels. Yeah. And it's and and what it does for me is those people who flourished under the restrictions, you know, imagine them, you know, and what they can do, um, you know. But you're right. Like pro wrestling is a is a thing that needs that crowd response. It really does, um, and and it can make an enjoyable show out of a show that. Okay, if this were no 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 cheering, we would be cheap 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 cheap. Also, uh, the following night, House of Torture broke Gotto's stick, his shakujo. So, rest in peace, Gotto's stick. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to the third match then, which was Hikaleo, Chase Owens, and Bad Luck Fale defeating Gideon Gray, Great O'Connor, and Jeff Cobb. Nine minutes fifty seconds. Hikaleo pins Gideon Gray with a choke slam. So again, this is what I'm talking about. Chase and Farley here, they're heels, but they got a clap crowd reception. Just polite 
applause of indifference. So that as a counterpoint to the reception House of Torture got, I think says a lot about how over House of Torture are. And I thought it was also interesting here that United Empire were positioned as the de facto faces against the heel Bullet Club team. So as you know, we all know that they're on this sort of gradual slide. I'm not saying they're full baby faces, but they are sort of occupying that tweener role at this moment. And I do want to single out Gideon Gray here because he has just got that fully formed, easy to understand gimmick that I think is making him an instant hit with the Japanese fans. It's just this grimy little weasel of a man. Everyone loves to hate and you're kind of a little bit fond of him as well because he's just a scumbag. And I thought he did a tremendous job here making Hikaleo look like a monster. And the next night as well, he, Hikaleo grabbed him by the throat, was about to do the choke slam, and Gideon Gray tapped out before he even <laughs> landed the choke slam, which was something I haven't seen before. I thought that was a very fun way of finishing the match. So, uh, you know, never mind t shirt Kenny. How about tweed coat Gideon as a thing wrestling on these shows? Uh, so I thought he was very good. And Hikaleo as well, he's a very different man to the one who last wrestled here in Japan. I think he's really sort of grown into his body and he's wrestling with more sort of ferocity and the pacing of his matches is better and he's got big high impact moves that I think are helping to showcase him as more of a monster than he was earlier on in his career. Yeah, uh, I mean, he still seems a little bit limited, but he does have a little bit more poise since, you know, the last time he was there. Um, Yeah, I feel like he is coming into his role. Um. I mean, again, I don't think anybody here is going to knock down doors to throw the stars at him in any of his matches. But he, I, I hate to say it, like being as big as he is and as tall as he is does provide him some advantages of, you know, what you just look the part, right? You might not be able to complete the action of being a great pro wrestler yet. But, like, you look the part, and that, that sometimes is half the battle. Yes, and I think, you know, there's a spot for him in New Japan. Obviously, Bad Luck Farley looks like he's on the sort of downward trajectory of his career. So I think there's a spot to, to be taken, you know, for, for the big sort of Hoss man. And could be Jonah, could be Hikaleo. I think there's room for, for that kind of wrestler in New Japan. Not everyone has to be the sort of 100 miles an hour Shingo Osprey style seven star work rate classic. So yeah, keep an eye on Hikaleo because I, I think the company are quite keen on him. Uh, fourth match then was Aaron Hanari, Francesco Akira and TJP defeating the DKC Master Watto and Ryusuke Taguchi in 10 minutes 56 seconds with Hinari picking up the pin over the DKC following a rampage tackle. And yeah, DKC, I've, I spoke about him a lot last week. Just very happy to see him First of all, in Japan, and secondly, getting himself over with the fans because he's he's a perfect fit with that sort of goofy underdog babyface energy of Team Six or Nine, like sort of scrappy do vibes, and you know, not dissimilar actually to Young Lion Hirai Kawato, and mm. the crowd were really into DKC, so I was very happy to hear that, and also just notable that this was the Master Watto character's first match in front of a vocal crowd, which just wow. kind of blows my mind, really, for how long it feels like we've been watching him. Uh, I thought Akira also had a really good crowd connection. He's just seems to have the knack for firing them up at the right times, and they were chanting for him. Like, there was Akira chants. So it's just having the chanting and crowd noise back is really prompting me to reevaluate everyone in the yes. company. Like, look, look at them through a different lens. Like, you could really feel 
in this match in particular, how the wrestlers feed off that crowd energy and can help push a match into the next gear. And it's just wild to think. It, it seems such an obvious thing to say. That's a fundamental facet of pro wrestling that has been completely absent for this company for the last two and a half years. You nailed it. Like, I, you're right. I am looking at people through a different lens now. Um, and and their roles and their and again House of Torture is a perfect example. Uh, you know, United Empire is 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 an example. And like the lower tier guys, um, yeah, it 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 is amazing how this company survived. It is, isn't it? Like as as much as it was a slog sometimes, man, it is it is amazing that they survived pro wrestling survived in japan it's it, it, it's it is it is amazing how important that that one element is it really is another notable things taguchi has been doing some quite funny very aggressive backstage promos and hinari is on a bit of a winning streak and he's asked for something you know he wants a title match so he could be one to keep an eye out maybe at the end of that kobe world hall show he might pop out to challenge someone for one of those belts uh, right, fifth match then. So we had uh, Jado and Kushida defeating Ghetto and Taiji Shimori. Ten minutes, three seconds. Kushida pinning Ghetto following the hammerlock suplex. And you mentioned it before. I'm not sure how this has happened, but Kushida already feels stale. I mean, there's a reason this guy left the company in, uh, what was it, early 2019. So I really hope we got something interesting planned around the corner because you can't just drop that character who was stale back then with no changes whatsoever and suddenly expect them to be fresh and popular because... The impression I got from the crowd was that they were not really that fussed either. The hottest pairing in this match was when Ghetto and Jado were in the ring together. Yeah, I, I just, man, I, I it, it's it boggles my mind how flat he is right now. Like there is just no juice whatsoever when it comes to Kushida. I I, I actually forget he's there, <laughs> and I and and I hear the music and it's like, oh yeah. That's right. Like, I know that there is they're they're building toward an Ishimori match, um, but man, it's just I don't know. I just you would think it would be him just pining away and saying, "Hey, I need revenge. I I shit the bed at the dome. I'm I'm coming for you." And just like I don't know, maybe attacking him. Maybe I, I just whew, flat, just flat. And I, 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 I desperately think that they need to do something with him when it comes to look. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is around the corner that heel turn. But I think you're right. It's he's the exact same thing as when he left. And you know how happy were we? Like everybody. To a, to a person was like, yeah, well, what else is Kushida going to be able to do as a junior? You know, good luck in WWE. Maybe, you know, it'll be good. But, you know, ev- that's ever that was everybody's attitude. Like, that was everybody's attitude uh, was, okay, well, you did everything you could. Thanks for your time. We love you. See you. And you're back at the same exact thing. Like, how... How dumb <laughs> you know what I mean? like how why like you had fucking three years to think of something we didn't think of them 
that's why I truly believe it's going to happen. I really do. I, th- I, I they have to like the, like the idea of a pro wrestling company sitting there thinking, okay, let's bring him back as the same thing as when he left. Is seems a bit. I I, I want to give him more credit than that. You know what I mean. You probably haven't seen it, but he's like chunky from I Think You Should Leave. You had the whole summer to figure out what you do. And yeah, he hasn't. It's exactly the same. And I don't think this is a case of, uh, oh, make him a heavyweight. That's not going to fix anything. I think it's not a question of the roster or potential opponents. I think there's plenty of fresh opponents for him to be working with in the New Japan Junior Division. He just needs a fresh coat of paint, new attitude, new gimmick, something just to keep things interesting. Because at the moment, this... You know, the Back to the Future, Mike McFly thing, is it's not going to cut it anymore. Yeah. The problem is, is that how do you make a face like that a heel? <laughs> you know? He's like a little otter, isn't he? he really Baby is. Baby otter. Yes. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Uh, sixth match then, we had Kenta and El Fantasmo defeating Bushi and Shingo Takagi. 11 minutes, 56 seconds. So ELP picking up another win here with the CR2. He pinned Bushi and he has got a mullet now. Playing deep into the mind games with Shingo, getting in his head by copying his hair stuff. And uh, the, he was getting a chant going on the second night, getting the Korokun crowd to chant Shingo's daddy, which I don't know if they knew what they were chanting or why they were chanting it, but they went along with it anyway, bless them. So I don't know what we're building to here if this is going to be a, a KOPW match between them. I hope so, because I think that could be good. I think uh, Shingo, well, I would just say KOPW in general, since they took it away from Yano. It's been quite entertaining, so I think I'm sure he could come up with something uh, amusing and uh, a decent match for that, if it is the direction they're going in. And actually, Kenta and El Fantasmo, I think, would be a really nice addition to World Tag League. I think yeah. they're a good team, they're a fun team. I like them both as characters. They play off each other as well. I mean, at this point, Kenta backstage comments are unmissable for me. They're just fantastic stuff he was doing backstage. He's burying the crowd for not pacing themselves. And he's still going with the book gimmick. I'm not going to talk about the book anymore. And then Mima Shimoda comes over and goes, oh, Kenta-san, Kenta-san, your book is now available on Kindle. <gasps> really? Have you got an example there? It's just, he manages to keep it fresh each time. And it, it always makes me laugh. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Kenta ELP, get him in World Tag League, please. Yes, 100%. Can, I'm going to ask you a question. That somewhat has to do with this match, but just life in general, if you don't mind. Are you a fan of the daddy talk? (laughs) Like, the whole idea of, I just find it very weird. Like, how the world is, like, everything's scissor me daddy or do this daddy. And, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like... Why, when did this become normal? <laughs> when when we what have you got against us, dads, Damon? Come on, we worked the, really hard. The, the dads, we're talking about that. It's a sexual thing, right? Right? Uh, not in this context. No, I mean, this is him saying that I've repeatedly pinned you. So, so I'm your I daddy. You. Yeah. And it was actually funny seeing Shingo talking about it backstage, being like, wait, wait, why is he my dad? I'm older than him. What's right. going on? <laughs> right. That's uh, that's another thing. I don't think it translates very well. Like, it, I don't think it fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I correct me if I'm wrong. It, like, it, it's, it, I don't know. Is it? Maybe I watch too much porn. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it's just okay. weird. Now I'm interested in this KOPW stipulation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm imagining some sort of elaborate 
steps on. No, okay, oh. I'm not going to go. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yano okay, gets stuck uh, trying to fix the fucking sink. <laughs> His ass hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, seventh match then was uh, Hiromu Sanada at Naito defeating Despi, Taichi, and Zach. So Sanada picked up the pin over Taichi at 11 minutes, 45 seconds with the O'Connor roll. Uh, am I remembering this right? I'm, I'm not confusing this with another show. This was where Sonata pinned Taichi as he was about to pull his yes. pants off. Oh, what a great finish. I mean, I know Sonata's not a heel, but that was the most dastardly heel move I've seen for a long time. But very, very funny. Uh, that made me laugh. I, I'm actually just enjoying the chemistry between Sonata and Taichi. Like when Sonata's taking his mask off at the start of the match and Taichi's standing next to him on the other side of the ring copying him. There's a, there's a lot of sexual tension there, Damon. Dare I say it. But I, I think the biggest thing from this match was before the match, that crowd reception for Tetsuya Naito was very special. Yeah. They still absolutely adore this guy. And you could see how much it meant to Naito as well. Like he was very emotional. You could see his eyes sort of welling up as he came out and him sort of trying to hold it together. And to me, the message from the fans was clear. Like they wanted to basically pick it up again for February 2020. He is still their guy. So uh, we do have a question here. Multiverse A says, after seeing the emotion, especially from Naito at the cheering, I hope this is a sign vocal crowds will be back soon. Uh, hi, how how high would you rank these shows for your shows of the year? I haven't felt this emotional for a New Japan show since Naito winning at Wrestle Kingdom 14. So did you feel that as well for the Naito entrance? The Naito entrance, absolutely. Yeah, you can see him getting emotional over it. Yeah, in the crowd. I mean, he's, he's not one of those guys that does a ton of excursions at this point, right? Like he, he, like I'm trying to think, was he, did he do any tours? Um, was he on any shows that were like, he wasn't at like uh forbidden door. Right. Um, Correct. So that's, that, that may be one of the, the rare times that he did hear that and to hear it again and as loudly and as passionately as they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the guy felt it and the guy knew it. So again, I don't know if this is my favorite show of the year, but it's like, it's, it's a memorable one. So maybe it is. Who knows? Yeah. Do you think that reception for Naito would, you know, let's imagine that you're the booker. You've got your title plans laid out and Naito's not in them. Hearing that reception, would you be thinking, hmm, maybe I, I, got- Look, Still a lot of money to be made here. I've I've been saying that for years, right? Haven't we all been saying that for years? Like like he's he should be the guy for at least you know a good solid run, and it never felt like that ever got off the ground at any point. Yeah, I'm 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 totally a thousand percent under the assumption that he has naked pictures or somebody, you know, you know, he fucked somebody <laughs> over. So I don't know, but like let with Sugabayashi's wife or something. something. I mean, it, it's in a, in a weird way, right? You could, a lot of people will take the stance that the pandemic absolutely fucked Naito. And it did in many ways. Cause you know, his championship run is defining championship run. You know, that big evil feud was ruined by COVID, but the whole appeal of the Naito character is that you feel he's been screwed over and he's got unfinished business and you want to see that big run, that big moment for him. And we got it at Wrestle Kingdom 14. And a lot of people will think, oh, you know, what now? How can we keep the Knights character interesting now that he is the champion? He's on top. He's got everything he wanted. 
But having all that robbed from him because of the pandemic has kept that flame burning in the hearts of the Naito fans where they still, they, they feel that there's still an injustice there that needs to be addressed. So they're still very sort of vociferously chanting for him and they want to see that happen again. So am I crazy in thinking that the pandemic might have actually helped extend the appeal of Naito as a character? Joel, he was so red hot then. I mean, again, we can't turn back time and say, okay, there's no COVID, but he was so red hot. And I just... But you can build to that. You can have it again. You can have that moment again with him getting his big crowning achievement and have that chase. And He doesn't have you know, that many COVID. more years in him, though. Yeah. He really doesn't. Like, there's always that chance of him getting hurt again and that being that. Well, you've got to do it soon. This is my point. Right. Seeing that reception from him, it, it, it you'd be stupid. It would be promotional malpractice to see that and not think this guy's got to get another run at the top. Him or Okada? Because I think Okada got a very similar response as well. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel that the the love of Naito is sort of tinged with that I don't know how to describe it really in indignation or sense of injustice that, you know, you feel this guy has not had his, has not got what he deserves where, yeah. you know, Okada's had everything. Yeah. 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 Okada's had spotlight after spotlight, after spotlight, after spotlight, after spotlight, after spotlight. And please know that I, I believe that all of that is well-deserved. Um, and Naito feels like a guy who has all these obstacles at every every time you think he's there, there's another obstacle. And again, whether it's pro wrestling related or the world we live in, um, or injuries, or just a constant feeling of, okay, we're at the top of the mountain, but we ain't going to be here that long. Um, I, I, I if they're going to do it, they got to do it like. Like, I don't think you can wait a year. I really don't. Like, I don't want to say that ship will have sailed, but like, I always, there is something to be said though about Naito fans that, because I know if, if I were let down so many times, well, I say that I'm a fucking Maple Leafs fan. Um, but if I were to let down so many times, then I mean, all all that does is just strengthen the the wagon that people have hitched to. Um, and, I, and I was fearful of it being the opposite, right? Of people just being like, oh, well, this guy's fucking, like him turning into a fucking Hiroki Goto. You know what I mean? Like that's, that was, that was, that was Naito fans' worst nightmare, that he becomes fucking Hiroki Goto in people's eyes. Um, look, they got to do it now. He does not have that many more years to go. Sorry. He doesn't. So if they're going to do it, they're going to do it now. And here's the problem. There's no signs of that happening. Like, like I think we all were sitting here talking about G1 and Naito. And Naito. Naito. And when it didn't happen, I think there was a fucking huge balloon that was fucking deflated. And now... He he comes back to Corkin and the crowd still ravenous. So yeah, 
I, I, I would. I would have done it sooner. But I, I, yes, I think so. Because I don't think you have much more time. Another thing that made me laugh, I can't remember if it was this match or the following night, but uh, when the crowd had that dueling chant for Tai Chi with let's go Tai Chi, Tai Chi, Kaire. And he, as he was sort of doing it in time, putting one leg in the rope, one leg out of the rope. And just the, the, the smile on his face. I've never seen Tai Chi grinning like that, but that was another really memorable moment for me. And also the interactions between Naito and Despi. I don't know if they've ever wrestled in a singles match, but I think they would have really fun chemistry together. Um, okay, so the main event then was Tanahashi and Okada defeating Shane Haste and Jonah. 15 minutes, 57 seconds. So Tanahashi pinned Shane Haste following the high fly flow. Just a, a lovely feel-good moment, especially the post-match with Okada Tanahashi doing the ice mask together. Uh, Shane Haste, actually, I think he's a caught my eye here. He's a very wacky man. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Shane Haste uh, for, for the time being. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to write home about the match itself. It was more for the post-match, the moment, I think, to celebrate and, and enjoy that. We've taken a big step forward. You know, you're going to close the show. You're going to close the show. You're your two biggest guys and <laughs> Tanahashi's tears. And I'm surprised there's no air guitar. I'm surprised that they didn't do the air guitar. Uh, haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's how you close the show, right? That's how you close a show, especially in, in, under those circumstances. Uh, again, I'll say it for the last time. I don't know. I do like Jonah, though. You know what I mean? Like Jonah feels like like as we were talking about uh, bad luck Tito. Uh, we uh, bad dude Tito. Did Damon, I say bad luck? Come on! I do say bad luck Tito a lot, don't I? Mm. Put some respect on the man's name. You're right. I gotta I gotta be better at that. Bad dude Tito. Um, being that kind of monster, like Jonah, I feel like this fits that role perfectly. I know I talked about last week. I was like, what's his ceiling here? Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back, but he, he, I, I like the, I love it. I, I know it's goofy, but I do like the camera shake. I do like the camera shake with him. <laughs> and I, I like that. Yeah, that was something Tito helped really get over when Jonah would do it. Tito's like falling over and grabbing the ropes, like, whoa. Right. I like that. And I will say, doubling back, uh, I like the little thing they do with evil, with the, with this, like the kind of zoom in thing, the little, you know, like they shake him and then steady on him. I don't know why I like that too. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like Jonah's presentation a lot. Yeah, it's those little touches that I think make the production of New Japan, I, I think, the best in the world. I don't, I can't think of any other company that I think does production better, just in terms of the camera work and all of that, where you get these little visual flourishes. You know, just stuff like the when Okada's just a rainmaker pose, the way the camera zooms out and, and things like that. It just really makes it kind of sort of visual identity for, for each of these wrestlers. So, yeah, I'm totally on the same page as you. So, uh, yeah, overall, just a, a really sort of wonderful show. Nothing in-ring that blew me away, but just the moment itself was very special. Uh, for the, the second show, the one from Tuesday, September 6th, the only thing I would say that's worth going out of your way to see is the first match, which had the three young lines with uh, Fujita Oiwa and Nakashima against Taka, Kanemaru and Suzuki, because that just had a, a wonderful energy to it as well with the three young lines going on it. So I think that one is worth seeing. The rest of the show was, you know, 
pretty much the same as we got the night before. But uh, there we go. Those were our cheering shows. Uh, Bash says, do we go back to a full Tokyo Dome cheering crowd after the strength of these shows? I mean, that's the goal, right? I would let's put it this way: I wouldn't go out there and and book your flight and book your hotel yet. But I mean, that's the goal to have full cheering there. Um, I think they will. I'm, I'm going to say they will. They will have full cheering. Yeah, they haven't announced anything either way. I know the tickets have already gone on sale, but I wonder. It, it would not shock me if at some point over the next few weeks they say there's going to be a cheering section, and then you know that way people who are not comfortable cheering can go to the non-cheering section. The fucking nerds that they are, and all the cool dudes, all the cool people, can sit in the cheering section and, and make a load of noise. So, uh, yeah, there we go. I would think they would uh, have. That, I would think they would have that beforehand, though. Don't you think? Like that—that's what lends me to believe that it's going to be full cheering. Because, like, it, like if you bought a ticket and you wanted to be in the cheering section, but you're not, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Um, well, I—I I believe that there was some caveat about the actual placement of the seat might be moved around. I mean, obviously, if you've bought like the royal seats <laughs> to be ringside, they're not going to be putting you into the you know bleachers at the back, but. I, I may have dreamed this up, but I think it did say something about there being sort of fluidity in the setup and where people are actually sat. Hmm. Okay. All right. Concerning. I just want to make sure they got all their ducks in a row. I don't want anybody to be disappointed. Okay. Um, let's preview. So there's only one televised show this week, and that is the Burning Spirit show starting, well, this tomorrow show in uh, Chiba. So, there's only one match which is standout. That's the main event because this is the Yuji Nagata 30th anniversary match. Main event with Yuji Nagata singles match against Great Okan. And it, it, it's all, it does seem to be Great Okan popping up with a lot of these matches where he is being singled out as the guy for these big spots. So, yeah, how are you feeling about Nagata versus Great Okan? I, I mean, I think Yuji Nagata, as much as I love him, he has sort of noticeably declined over the last six months. You know, he was a guy that, Prior to this, you could sort of rely on him, you tap on the shoulder to have a banger. But now I think he is really starting to slow down here. But that being said, Great Okan is the perfect person to wrestle against. You know, he's not the, the kind of person that's going to do that balls to the wall, sort of massive run of the rose, hard hitting work rate match. But I think it's right. going to be very, very entertaining. So, thoughts? Yeah. I, I, like, I think it might be a perfect opponent because you're right. You know, we don't really necessarily need Will Ospreay in there. We we need to have a we need to have an eighties WWF match, you know, or you know, or or an eighties New Japan match for that matter. Uh, you know, something that's uh, we're working holds. We're uh, you know we're 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 not going to be hitting the ropes, top rope bullshit. You know, no, it's going to be a lot of mat work. So yes, I think. Uh, I think it's good. And I think it's good that like they give him Okan the, these opportunities. He seems like he's his face has been everywhere from, you know, the Noah show and getting misted and now this spotlight match and I think it's good. I, I but yeah, it I th- here's here's what I will say though. While the the decline is somewhat noticeable on Yuji Nagata, I think even for this, I think he'll do just fine. Like I think, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised, and he'll be up for it, and he'll give it everything he's got. He always does. The other big show coming up is on 
September the 12th, so that's on Monday, this is Takataichi Despi Mania. So that's this good. is not strictly a New Japan show, but this will be a pay-per-view. And this is going to be a cheering show, to my knowledge, where we have, this is from uh, the Yoyogi National Stadium, second gymnasium. And the main event is Despi against Junkasai. So that in front of a raucous crowds where they're probably going to be pissing blood everywhere. I mean, it says certain matches on this event may contain extreme violence and bloodshed that may not be appropriate for all audiences. Wow. So that's a, a you know, clarion call for all you sickos to get over there and watch it. Um, and I'm looking at the card here. The, the There's that interesting match I think I mentioned a few weeks ago with uh, Taichi and Yoshitatsu against Goto and Taguchi. So these are all guys that I think they were all in the same dojo class together. There's some uh, Glee offering match, Glate, sorry, where uh, we can have <laughs> Ghetto and Dick Togo on the same team. So um, I think this show is going to be a lot of fun. I will certainly be watching it now that I know it's a cheering show. These Takataichi Despi Mania shows, they don't miss. No. Every time I've watched one, I thought that was fucking great. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder what's in Despi's head that he feels the need that he has to do these things again and again, <laughs> you know, like, what is it? What is, what is his, his mental makeup to, uh, to be like, okay, yep. Sign me up again. <laughs> Let's do this again. Uh, when he doesn't have to, is it like the kind of the Shane McMahon thing, like de- desperate for, is it his daddy things again, isn't he? He no. wants approval from his daddy. I don't know if he's got the daddy issues, but just, he wants to be loved, doesn't he? I guess so. I guess so. Well, he, he is in these scenarios. He's awesome in these scenarios. Yeah. This will be one I watch. Absolutely. It'll be fun. Um, they always are good. Those shows are always good. Yeah. And to get some fans back in there, it'd be nice cheering good job yep I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one all right on to my strong review so this is high alert from september 3rd in the grady cole center north carolina so we had john skyler defeating lucky alley 10 minutes 56 seconds with a finley roll don't know a great deal about both these guys i know john skyler is a bit of a journeyman although he says he hates being called a journeyman he is one uh lucky alley was pretty good he had quite a good promo backstage might be one to keep an eye on i'm not investing in stonks yet but I like what I saw from the match. I need, I need more evidence before I start investing. Second match, Eddie Kingston defeating Jake something in 8 minutes, 35 seconds with uh, Ura Ken. Uh, back, some sort of back fist attack he does. It, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't blown away here. I've seen much better Eddie Kingston matches. Uh, this is not one that I'd say you have to go out of your way to see. Uh, the main event was the Strong Openweight Championship match with Fred on Fred Violence. It was Fred Rosser with his second defense of the strong title against Fred Yehai. Uh, interesting footnote here. This is the first championship match between two black wrestlers in New Japan history, which is very nice. Um, so it only went eight minutes, 20 seconds. So Frosta won with the Emerald Flosion to retain his title. I thought it ended very abruptly. It was good start, you know, good opening. I like Yehai's style where he's in that very sort of methodical and, and ferocious way of working over body parts. But then it just kind of ended out of nowhere. And I, you know, I would have loved for them to get more than eight minutes for this. And this, this is the thing. Like, I think the booking of the strong openweight title has been really good. We've had, you know, lengthy reigns with good stories going into it, and it's felt prestigious. But I think if you really want it to feel like a big deal, you've got to do better than eight-minute matches. You know, yeah. I said on the same show, the opening match, John Skyler and Lucky Alley is going 11 minutes. So, you know, why is this one only going eight? So I think... You know, I need to see some more 
more time at least for these title defences. Um, but I really like Fred Jeha. I'd like to see him get a tour in Japan. I like Fred Ross as a champion. I mean, for, for you, how prestigious does the title feel for you? It does. I mean, look, it's it it to me, it's like on the level of the Ring of Honor title at this point. Um, maybe maybe a little bit less. Um, yeah, you need to do better than than seven eight minute matches. Like to me, that's that's an that's an important thing in elevating that title to to higher standards. If, if that's the words I'm looking for, um, I think it's an important title. Like obviously, it's the most important title in that promotion and in and the people that are there in the hierarchy of pro wrestling. Yeah, it's probably not that high. I'm gonna be a guy. I've gotta be honest with you, right? It's not that high. You think it's that high? Yeah. Really? No. 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 Oh, I don't. I agree oh, oh. with you. Okay. So, I mean, anything they can, they that they can do to like in that bubble, yes, it's it's the most important title. But in the in the grand scheme of things, probably not. Um, and if you want to improve that, then yeah, you got to go more than seven minutes on TV. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, that is it. Ah. That's all I have to talk about. Oh, TJP came out to challenge afterwards, but I thought you were going to say T- TJP came out of the closet. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> really? Okay, well, good for him. Yeah, is that confirmed? Uh, I, that, that is, I, that is what I thought you said. Uh, that is not. That is not a pastrami <laughs> sandwich. Please. All right, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to make some monetary donations for all the excellent content we do. I mean, come on, we get covered this promotion with no cheering for two and a half years. We deserve something. At the very least, we deserve an iTunes review. We haven't had one for fucking ages. So okay. you piggies, hit pause and go and give us a five-star review and some kind words, please. I don't know why. I don't know how it's going to help us, but just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> we've, we've only got about 60 of them, and that's pathetic, to be honest. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, you can send me a direct message on Twitter. I will hook you up with a, an invite at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our T-shirts. Thank you to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.